20 minutes to figure out how to do one long division problem because it had been so long and I hadn't remembered. But you know what helped me to remember it was me having to teach someone else. I had to put myself in a place where I was actively remembering something that I knew so that I could proclaim and teach it to someone else. The same is true about what God does. If we're proclaiming God's work to others, it also it doesn't just help them to understand who God is and what he's done, but it also allows us to remember and to understand even deeper than maybe we did before. Because when you've got to share it with someone else, you need to know it for yourself first. You need to remember it for yourself first. And so there's a power in proclaiming what God has done because it reminds us of what he has done. So in Joshua chapter 4, and I know we just did a really quick overview of this chapter. I'm going to get to a few more ideas throughout the rest of scripture in just a moment. But we see in very plain ways what Israel does. Israel makes a point of not only crossing over the Jordan and forgetting about it and putting it behind them and saying, oh, that was cool. But instead, the Israelites, through through Joshua listening to God, proactively built these monuments, these memorials to remember what God had done. These were not built to be worshipped. They were not going to be worshipping these stones. Although later in scripture you'll see that Gilgal becomes a, a, a place of a, a lot of idolatry. And, and people can twist it. But that wasn't the point. The point wasn't, here let's have these stones so that we can worship these stones. That's what the rest of the world would do. But it's, these are the stones that we took out of the Jordan. Just think about that. As you look at those large stones that came from a riverbed. Well how did we get those stones? Well it's because we were able to cross on dry ground. Because God did it for us. And now let's proclaim that to our children. Let's proclaim that to the world around us. That's what Israel did. They didn't want to forget God's work. And yet, we will see as we follow the path of Israel that they do forget what God has done. Actually, they've already done this before. If you go back to Deuteronomy, the Israelite people forget that God even led them out of Egypt they start thinking it'd be better to be in Egypt than to be out here starving and having to deal with Moses and God says at that or (coughs) God provides at that point and reminds them of who he is so it's easy for the Israelites to forget and it's easy for us to forget gets us to our second point in thinking about Joshua chapter 4 and how important it was to the Israelites to remember what God had done (coughs) the second point we see is that all of God's people God's people are called to remember God's works. This was not just for the Israelites. This is for all of those who would follow God. For Israelites, for us who are following Jesus, it's those who are following God, it's God's people. We are called to remember God's works. We're going to get out of the book of Joshua for the rest of this morning. We, Like I said, this is a summary statement of chapter 4. I would encourage you to dive in there deeper if you wish. But the principal idea there is that Israel knew how important it was to remember what God had done. And we need to do the same. Book of Psalm, the book of the Psalms is probably one of the greatest books in which we see this idea of how important it is to remember God's works. So if you turn over with me to the book of Psalms, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 145. Psalm 145 is where we're going to start. We'll look at a few others. Psalm 145. Let's just read this together this morning and then say a few things as we see what it means to remember God's works. 
I will extol you, my God and my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud for your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints will bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up who are bowed down. The eyes of all look upon you and you give them food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his work. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. As we see in Psalm 145, there are three things, and we're going to look at other psalms that also will point this out. Psalm 145 shows us that we as God's people are to remember by knowing what God has done. In this psalm, we see many places in this psalm what he has done. It talks about his works. It talks about his kingdom, his mighty acts, the splendor of his majesty, his wondrous works. We are to speak of his awesome deeds. We see his abundant goodness. We see his righteousness. We see his grace, his mercy. He is slow to anger. He has steadfast love. He is good to all. The glorious splendor of his kingdom, his everlasting kingdom. The, The fact that the Lord upholds all who are falling. He satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Lord is near to those who call on Him. The Lord preserves all those who love Him. All of these things are just a glimpse of what God has done. And we need to know what God has done. We need to remember what God has done. That's the whole point of 145. Uh, As we look at the psalmist, he's saying, look, we need to look We need to see. We need to understand what God has done. We need to remember that. David says we need to remember God's mighty deeds. It's important for us to know that and to proclaim that. We're getting ahead of ourselves with the proclaiming part. We also need to remember by worshiping him. This whole psalm is a worship. All of it is worship. It's telling us to give thanks. it's, It's telling us to bless his name. To... Um, bless and, and praise his name. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. All his greatness is unsearchable. This whole, this whole psalm is all about worshiping God. Not worshiping his deeds, not wa- worshiping what he'd done. It doesn't say every day we will praise and, and be in wonder of the things that are done, but it says we will praise and extol his name. It's about who? 
And finally, this psalm also shows us that we are to remember his deeds and remember his works by proclaiming him. This is all over the place in this, in this psalm. This is one of the greatest psalms that talk about not only shall we remember, but we shall speak of his awesome deeds. In chapter 4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Declare your mighty acts. You see, praising God for what he's done is not just an individual thing where you can just be happy for what he's done for you, but it's to be proclaimed to the others around you, those who will follow you, all the world, even as this psalm will say, that all generations and all people will know what God has done. Let's just backtrack just real quickly as we look at some other psalms. I want to show you a psalm in Psalm 77 that talks about Remembering the deeds that God has done. Remembering what God has done in Psalm 77. Psalm 77, verses 11 and 12. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. These verses are very clear, but my... My question and my call to all of us is, do we do this? Do we actually take the time, as the psalmist writes in Psalm 77, to remember the deeds of the Lord, remember his wonders, ponder his work, meditate on his mighty deeds, think about what he's done, let it just become part of us to understand his work, what he's done in this world, what he's done in our lives Do we really take the time to remember by knowing what he has done, studying what he has done, and remembering it daily? It's important that we do that. Over to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And this is the idea of when we remember what he has done, we will worship him. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord, in verse 6, works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. These first six verses of, of 103 are very clear it says, bless who? Bless the Lord, O my soul, for what he has done. Don't bless what he has done. Don't worship what has happened. Don't worship his benefits. Don't worship forgiveness. Don't worship healing. Don't worship the fact that your life is better than it should be. But worship the who. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And it says, who does this? Who forgives? Who gives benefits? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who satisfies you with good? It's the person, it's God himself that we remember. Because when we remember what God has done, it's not just to say, wow, those were the days. God really worked in those, or those works were pretty cool. I wish they would still happen. It's not just worshiping the acts that we see. It's not just worshiping what we know God has done, but it's worshiping him, him. It's worshiping God himself is what we need to be doing. And that's what David does here in 103. In verse six, he says, the Lord works righteousness and justice. For all who are oppressed. Once again, we need to be careful when we remember what God has done that we don't just worship the benefit, but that we worship the benefactor, if you will. All right, 
Last thing here we have to remember by proclaiming him, Psalm 96. Psalm 96. Psalm 96, verses 2 through 4, tell us about this idea that we are to remember by proclaiming him, proclaiming his works. Psalm 96, 2 through 4. We'll start right in verse 1. But, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. And it continues. But here at the beginning of, of 96, we see a very clear calling. That as we remember God's works, we remember what he's done, we need to proclaim that to the world around us. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to all the earth, all the people that need to hear about what God has done and who he is. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation day to day. The call of our heart should be not only to rejoice in God's work of salvation, rejoice in what he has done, that is the start, but we also need to declare that, to tell of it. Verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. We need to be remembering by declaring. That's how we remember what God has done. We declare what he has done. We proclaim what he has done. And so as we think of Israel back in the Jordan River, as they're crossing the river, they wanted to remember what God had done. We need to remember the works of God in our lives. We need to worship him for what he's done, and we need to proclaim it in the world around us. And that brings us to our third point this morning, which will lead right into our time of communion with one another. See, as we've talked about Israel, we've talked about God's people as a whole, but now specifically I want to focus in on the church. The church of Christ, who, is, who are Christians who are following Jesus. The church is to remember the work of Christ. And that's why we're here today, to remember the work of Christ. As we come to communion, as we partake in the Lord's table, we are here to remember the work of Christ. Much in the same way that the Israelites built the, the monument of 12 stones... Uh, Much in the very same way, they were to look upon that monument of stones and remember what God had done, and that would cause them to remember not only the, the action, but also remember God and remember them by proclaiming. In the same way, we have a very similar thing today. As we look at the bread and we look at the juices, we take it. It is not just, uh, it is not in a sense just ordinary bread and juice, although it It is physically, but it means something more. It it symbolizes something more. It's to remind us of what Jesus has done. And with that in mind, we'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is where we always find ourselves on Communion Sunday. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, I believe we see the three things we've been talking about. I believe we see that we are to remember by knowing what he has done. We are to remember by worshiping him. And we are to remember by proclaiming him. I believe these three things will be seen as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Specifically verses 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance. Of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you drink this bread and, or eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In these few verses, we're about, to, we're about to have communion with one another. And as we take the bread and as we take the, the drink, it's meant to remind us of Jesus and his work. We need to remember by knowing what he has done. Jesus, when he gives this, when Paul is talking about what Jesus has said, he says, this is my body, which is for you. And he says, this is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus is reminding, uh, reminding his, his followers even before he dies. He's, he's foreshadowing it for them, but he's reminding us. Paul is reminding the Corinthian believers, and we are being reminded of what God has done. God sent Jesus into this world. Jesus, as God himself, really visits the earth, becomes a baby, lives a perfect life. But then what we're told, he takes on a body. He takes on the body of a, of a human. And he does that, and he lives a life on the earth. He shows, he is a representation of God. He is the perfect imprint of God in the world as he is here as a man. He is 100% God, 100% man. And he comes in his body and then eventually gives his life breaks his body, his physical body is taken, his physical life is taken. That's what he did for us on the cross. He lived that perfect life, he ministered to people, he showed God to the world, and then he was put on a cross and he was killed so that his body would be broken, but also it didn't stop there. Also, as he talks about the cup, that his blood would be shed. Throughout scripture, it's clear that blood is always a symbol of forgiveness, that blood is needed for the forgiveness of sins. In the Old Testament, it was through the sacrifices, but when Jesus comes, he gives one sacrifice for all time when he bleeds on the cross, and he says, by the fact that I have died and shed my blood, you can have forgiveness. You can have a restored relationship with God. And that's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. So when we're talking about communion, when we remember the bread, when we remember the cup, it's not just bread and, and juice, but it's to remember God uh, literally took on a body that was broken, a body that would be killed. He gave up his physical life for us, but then we also remember his blood that was shed as he died so that we can be forgiven of our sins. There is no greater act in all of history. Crossing over the Jordan on dry ground is nothing compared to what Jesus has done. It is nothing compared. We think of all the miracles in the Old Testament and we think how great it would have been to be there to see that miracle, to, to, to be a part of that miracle. The Red Sea being parted or, or the plagues, watching that happen or, or crossing the Jordan or seeing the walls of Jericho fall, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. You pick whatever story, whatever miracle you see in the Old Testament or even in the New and you say, I wish I could have been there to see this miracle. It, that would have been so amazing. The truth of the matter is, if you know Jesus is your Savior, if you've come to him in repentance and faith and trusted your life to him, then you have received and seen the greatest miracle than you will ever see or can ever imagine to see. In fact, those in the Old Testament would be jealous of what we've been able to experience because they saw God in do incredible things. But what Jesus did by God himself coming to the world to give his life for the forgiveness of sins, so that we could have a restored relationship with God. That is the greatest miracle ever. It is the greatest deed, the greatest work that we can remember, that we can proclaim, that we can worship. That we can worship Him for doing that is the greatest thing that we can experience. And this morning, we have the opportunity to remember that. 
Let us not just treat this as it's just a thing we do once a month because, hey, that's what the church does. Eating a bland cracker and drinking a little cup of juice, okay, we'll just do it because that's what we do as good Christians. That's not the point this morning. The point is just like Israel needed to remember God's work, we have a work that is even greater that we need to remember, and that is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's what we remember. And so the first thing, we need to remember what has been done, right? That Jesus gave his life, his body, his blood. But then also just the idea of why we do this. It's to do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. Not just to remember that somebody died. You know, we remember a lot of people who died. We have Memorial Day and we have times where we remember the death of people. But communion, as we come together, as we take these elements, it is not to just remember the death of somebody, just the random death of someone. This is not about it. But it's to be in remembrance of Jesus himself. That Jesus is the sacrifice, that he gave himself for us. And we don't worship, uh, we don't worship the cross itself, okay? We don't worship that, we worship Jesus. We worship him, the God who stepped into our world so that he could give his very life for us. And so we worship him today as we remember what has been done. We don't just stop with remembering the deed, but we remember who did it. That is God himself and the person of Jesus Christ. At the end of this passage in in chapter 11, after Paul says, remember what the Lord has said, uh, body broken, blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul says this, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, he doesn't say you remember, he doesn't say you uh, have an opportunity to think about the Lord's death. He says, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. There is a truth here that so many times we can forget. Today, as we come to this, it's an, let us treat this as an opportunity to remember what Christ has done. His works and how incredible his miracle has been. But this is, it shouldn't just stop here, stay in these walls, and just, just stay. But we need to proclaim Jesus' death. Everywhere we go, and every, I mean, every time we eat and drink even, we should be proclaiming Jesus' death. And when we take these elements as a church, we proclaim to one another, not only did Jesus die for me and forgive me, but he died for you and forgave you, and he's forgiven, he's died for us and he's forgiven us. There's an opportunity here to proclaim to one another and to proclaim to the world around us that yes, Jesus is real, Jesus is God, Jesus died for us to give forgiveness, and we need to proclaim that to the world. The proclamation that's being talked about in the Psalms, once again, they're proclaim God's salvation, proclaim what God has done. We have the greatest thing to proclaim, and yet so many times, even though it is the greatest thing in the world that we could be proclaiming, we don't even want to say a word about it to anyone. But we need to not only know what Christ has done, we not only need to worship him, but we need to proclaim him. Proclaim his death. Proclaim Jesus himself. So some questions as we think about today, as we think about before we go to communion. First of all, do you know the work of Jesus in your own life? All that we've just talked about. Jesus coming, dying, giving his life for you so that you could be forgiven of your sins. If you will only come to him in faith, to trust him, to turn away from your way of living and to live for him. That's what we're called to do. We don't have to uh, have a list of do's and don'ts. You don't have to obey. You don't have to do good works to get to heaven. All you need to do is say, Jesus, I want to be done with my life and I want to live for you. 
That is faith. That is trust. It's trusting in him completely. And if you haven't done that, if you haven't known the work of Jesus, if you haven't seen the death of Jesus on your behalf as one that can give you forgiveness and hope for the future, then today needs to be the day that you do that. But let's also remember, even in this time of remembering Jesus' death, he didn't stay dead. He lives again. He lives right now because he rose again three days later after his death that provided forgiveness to show that his death was indeed worthy and that he is God himself. And so we remember that Jesus didn't end here. He rises again and he's alive today and he's waiting for you to trust him for salvation. Make today the day you do that before we... Don't take these elements if you don't know Jesus. If you haven't experienced or you haven't accepted his death on your behalf, then don't take these elements because there's nothing for you to remember. But today you could make there be something for you to remember as you embrace the miracle he's already done and ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to save you. Some other questions for us as we come into communion time. Do we actively think about and remember what God has done? We just go about our own day and just think about what we want to think about. Just go through every day and take for granted what God has done. Not only, not only the things he's done in your life, not only the things that he's done throughout scripture, but most importantly, do we think about and remember Jesus' sacrifice for us? Each day we walk on this earth, do we think about what Jesus has done for us? I can guarantee you if that was something that was always on the top of our heads as we were remembering what God had done, what Jesus has done, that our decision process and everything we do throughout the week would change. We need to constantly be remembering what he did for us. But not only remember what he's done, but the next thing is do we actively think about and remember who God is? I think a lot of times we sell God short for who he truly is. You won't know God unless you study him in his word. And you think about what he's done. And you remember what he's done. And you study that. And you know. And you can worship God. You can worship Jesus on a daily basis. Remember who he is. Not just what he's done, but also who he is. And finally, do we actively think about and remember to proclaim Jesus to those around us? As I said earlier, a lot of times we can forget things because they might be in there, but we don't practice it, we don't proclaim it to others. When we proclaim, when we teach, when we put it out there, it will remind us as well what Jesus has done and who Jesus is. So we need to be making sure today we actively think about, we actively remember Jesus by proclaiming to him, proclaiming him to all those around us, to one another, to those in our family that don't know Jesus, to those in our workplace, to those in our community. We need to be proclaiming the work of Jesus and the person of Jesus to those who are around us. That's the point today as we come to communion. The point is to remember. This doesn't do anything special for us. It doesn't give us like extra grace or make God look at us in a better way. It's simply for us to remember the death of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the person of Jesus, and not only remember it for ourselves, but remember it as we proclaim it to the world around us. So I'm going to pray, and as I do, if the worship team and the four men that I've asked to serve would come forward, and then we'll go ahead and take some time to remember Jesus through communion. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the reminder this morning of how important it is to remember what you've done, how important it is to keep in our minds that you are a God who works, and you are a God who does amazing things, and Lord, that you are a God who is above all. 
Help us to worship you. Help us to remember you. Lord, help us today also to not only remember in our own hearts and minds, but also to remember by proclaiming him to others. Right now, as we are about to take some time in communion to remember your death and to remember what you've done, Lord, I pray that it be a time in which we truly remember and truly understand all that you've done for us. And I thank you for this opportunity we have to remember, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.